Hello, everyone. I'm Melina. And I'm Aditi. Welcome to an episode of Yakin' About Bojack. Yes, welcome. Season two. Season two. Very exciting. So much things happen. So many characters. So much everything going on. Yes, things have started to take off. I think the last episode of the previous season kind of was a little chill. But season two just really picked up and it, it really hit the ground running. Yeah, the season one ending, it was almost very anticlimactic, I felt. Yes, and it was sort of, it subverted the expectations I had. I, you know, you kind of wanted something big. Mm-hmm. The weird thing is, Melina, I realize now, I remembered mm-hmm. other events that happened in the season and I just sort of like shifted them and thought that was the end of season Oh, what? And I think the problem is, I think I started watching BoJack. Okay in 2016 mm-hmm. and so this whole season came out july 17 2015 mm. and i started watching bojack in 2016 so by then season one two and three were already up on netflix okay so i just went from season one into season two this is like the binging pattern of netflix mm-hmm. so i didn't actually remember when season one ended and that was like the sort of thing where i was like oh this happened at the finale yeah I, I think that that's an issue with binging everything in one day it's like because you watch everything at the same time it's like you don't have time to process all the different things and then yes. they all get jumbled together yes and especially with a show like bojack mm-hmm. there's so much in every episode that actually watching it slowly with you i'm realizing now you know there's so much i missed that this show is 100 percent worth a rewatch so listeners <laughs> if you've already seen it worth a rewatch i hope you agree it has been a good experience i feel especially since we pace it out like every year so weeks it's like we have time to think about, oh my gosh, all these different little things that yes. didn't look like it meant anything. And then later on it shows up and it's like, oh my gosh, what is this? Yeah. And I also feel like I sometimes, and I don't know if this is for you, but it is for me. I see things in the episode that I relate to, to mm-hmm. my day-to-day life. It's like I mull over the episode for a little bit. I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Like I saw something from this episode and I see it sort of um, in, in day-to-day life. It's very relatable, mm-hmm. even though we're talking about fancy celebrities in hollywood and animal um, people <laughs> oh ha! yeah i totally forgot the fact they're animals that's probably a bigger deal but yeah so i think this this show has that magic power and it's the, the beautiful writing i think that's why a lot of people liked it isn't it because they found it relatable yes so speaking of relatable let's jump into our new host of characters for season two we have our existing wonderful cast that done a great job voice acting our existing writers as well but i wanted to just do a shout out to some of the new faces we're seeing in season two the first one being rutabaga rabidowitz he is voiced by ben schwartz also known as john ralphio from parks and rec we have kelsey jannings who was there last season as well just the end kelsey jannings is the director for secretariat Voiced by Maria Bamford from Arrested Development. Sebastian St. Clair is voiced by Keegan-Michael Key from the Key and Peele show. And you guys know he's hilarious. And George Takei is the audiobook oh. narrator for the inspirational book that Bojack reads this episode. Okay. This is very uh, inspirational. Quote yes. Quote. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I don't know. Okay, we'll get into it. Let's go through our summary. Uh, summary for season two, episode one, brand new couch. It's been one month since Bojack's Golden Globe win and since he snagged the role of secretariat in the movie. He's developed a BNA, brand new attitude, in prep for his role in the movie. Diane feels irrelevant on set of the movie and Bojack struggles to connect with his character after changing his attitude. Melina, think that's a good summary? Yes, and we should all get a 
brand new attitude, especially since it's a new year. Woo. Yeah, it's a new year. We need a BNA. I think this episode fits in so well because even in the show, um, it was January at the end of season one. Mm. And now like we're coming in and it's January for us here. So this does fit in so well. And people try new things, mm-hmm. you know, for, for new year, new year's resolution. So this also fits with mm-hmm. that. Although I guess in general, like if you want to do something, you don't have to wait into the new year. Like if it's like, September, you don't like just, just do it. Like you don't need. To yeah. Be, like, it's a new day every off. single day. Mm-hmm. So it's fine to start a new habit, start a new hobby. Mm-hmm. I think the pressure with the new year people have is that when you fall off, a resolution Mm -hmm. you feel like you can't get back on so melina what i've been trying for at least the past few years with my new year's resolutions is if i fall off the horse is what i say Mm -hmm. the only thing i focus on is it's okay you get back on Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not the same horse because some horses they kick a lot that's fine (laughs) the important thing is you get back on a horse Mm -hmm. you find a horse that's maybe your height Mm -hmm. for someone like me who's short some horses are like bojack who will get a brand new attitude and then change completely after something and then their brand new attitude will be a b o a a brand old attitude (laughs) (laughs) did you were you surprised because i was surprised at how one month into this bojack actually do you think he was actually changed by this bna mentality in this book i don't think so like i think i don't remember the exact parts in the first season but i feel there were a few things where he was trying to be like oh my gosh like new life new me i think the first one i prominent one i remember is when he was trying to get back with with princess carolyn um yes and they were all being like lovey-dovey having dinner together and i forget what what happened but at the end after just one incident he's like oh because herb calls yeah okay yeah and then just after that he's just like okay back to the old one so this one it wasn't too surprising when that did happen like when I see. when when his mom called and that relationship yeah. with the mom that relationship with the mom is toxic like i think there's three instances we kind of see of his mother mm. yes even though we know diane got a big taste of that we're getting now I feel like we're kind of walking through the behind the scenes of the book a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so start this episode with an initial clip of his mother talking to him mm-hmm. during that same secretariat scene from last season mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but now from bojack's perspective and you see how his mother basically blames him for ruining his life mm-hmm. ruining her life yeah ruining her life yes mm-hmm. and then says so she's gonna hide her his dad's heart pills like i was just like wow there's a lot Anger. of yeah and negativity in that house yeah and i have i've definitely like heard of situations like this like where it's like abusive parents they would blame the kids for ruining their lives and ruining yes. the kids like forever and it's like to me it's like why did you even have the kid then like why did you marry this person that you're unhappy with but i guess at that time i'm not sure why they married but i'm guessing at a time everything was yeah. like rose tinted whatever that saying is <laughs> yeah and i think sometimes people feel like they don't have options mm-hmm. also i i think that it, it, it becomes complicated in the fact where if the parents feel unhappy and trapped and like they don't have agency in their own lives, which is right now from what we see in a Beatrice, Bojack's mm-hmm. mom, that's where she is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm inferring that, you know, his dad is also there. I think she's transferring that sense of trap to her son mm-hmm. and trying to be like, you have to get me out of here. You have to be famous, right? She imposes mm-hmm. all that pressure onto him because she feels like she has to live through him. Mm-hmm. And then she also blames him for her own predicament of being trapped. And I think that one, 
you can't blame your kids like that because it's really toxic for just developing children. I, I feel like also it's really unfair to sort of just uh, admonish his mom like that. Mm-hmm. But when she said you're ruining, I was like, oh, I like cringed. I I feel like there also might be a cultural thing actually because I was actually recently talking with a friend who's mm-hmm. um, who has a, um, more friends people <laughs> let's just say um, yes. who have not great parents and then they were talking with their friends um, and their friends were saying like it's normal for parents to treat their kids that way but like that person's parents weren't like um, necessarily mm-hmm. quote-unquote abusive but it was just like a cultural yes. thing so I don't know what yes. the culture is like Beatrice. I don't know what her her background is of things, but it's like yes. it's possible from us from like a Western perspective. We well Western I say Western, but in the sense that because we grew up in Canada, so that we adopted yeah. like quote unquote Western perspectives. Yes. While say example in China because I'm Chinese, yes, um, like it's a more like duty to the family and like yes. Filial piety mm-hmm. is really important. Like t- telling your kid in that context, like I also get this too, where filial piety is a very common thing in sort of the South Asian aspect too, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm South Asian, right? And so it's very much like you do things for your parents. Like you have to be successful for your parents mm-hmm. in that sense where it wouldn't be odd in that context to say mm-hmm. that. I think there is a, a key line where I see this on subtle Asian traits. So you know, call that to them, where there's this joke about, like, you know, um, I- Asian parents say, like, we found you in a garbage bin. <laughs> <laughs> like, you better, like, I laugh now, right? But, like, the thing is, sometimes when your parents say things like that, and maybe I'm giving them too much credit, I feel like it's almost said in jest, right? The the tone and the convey, and you're 100% right about the fact that we are applying some of our Western views on this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, and, and because Bojack is a horse, mm-hmm. I think it also makes it, we're kind of like, what race and ethnicity is it? What cultural background is it? We can kind of extract that out of Mm -hmm. it and assume that it's not there. But I think that's also not true because it looks like he's sort of just supposed to be general American Western family Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. culture, which is um, definitely a little bit like this would be out of that norm. And it definitely was not in jest. (laughs) Um, And I would argue that even if it is culturally something that parents do in in South and East Asia of like putting expectations on their kids and telling them they have to achieve certain things or saying like there's certain expectations you have, but I think even those are not necessarily for the best. I think that there's levels even in that on like how extreme you can go. Like it's like typical behavior, but like some parents can be like, you know, joking you're in the garbage can to being like you were actually Mm -hmm. in the garbage can or like you are trash. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's there there's levels even in that being like, yeah, it's normal for them to not say, like, you are a gift and a miracle to us every day and give you kisses on your cheeks and say we love you preciously. I think, Melina, you and I can both agree that in East and South Asian culture, you don't typically tell your children, I love you, like, frequently. Yeah, I only see that in movies, like, and only in, yes. like, K- Korean dramas. <laughs> In Korean dramas, they do that too. Well, like, sorry, not 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 with the parents to the kids, but like the exactly. lovers, <laughs> the lovers, because it's like this modern thing, right? Um, yeah, it, you don't do it to your um your your kids. It's just something. It's just not done. And I love that in Shang Chi. Uh, I watched it recently, Melina. I just want to do a shout mm-hmm. out. There is a lot less of "I love yous." Um, it's said around the family. There's more of just like this concept of 
a familial piety and that show is very that movie sorry mm-hmm. is is very complicated but i think that is a more accurate representation of how that dynamic works mm-hmm. um and so i think that where was i going with this um like that in itself could be either good or bad like i think i like some aspects of that i don't like mm-hmm. some aspects of that but i do think that they've made bojack's mom and him that relationship unquestioningly yeah hostile toxic yeah yeah, it's been hostile and she definitely impacts him a lot mm-hmm. because, you know, he really looks like I think the brand new attitude was truly helping Bojack. Hmm. I, I don't I felt like that. I felt like he seemed to have a really like, maybe it's all just a facade. and I don't think it was actually helping the internal parts, mm-hmm. but he definitely seemed like he was turning his life around. But that roadblock happened when he started having imposter syndrome about his acting. Mm-hmm. And it was like having achieving his own happiness as a person overall the roadblock to that was that he can never actually achieve his dream of being a good actor it was like either or yeah like i felt like the the bna was a cover really for his struggles yep. especially when mm-hmm. um like in the car when after that botched uh that botched attempt of saying that line what, what are you doing here <laughs> yeah what are you doing here it's like what bro. are you doing here <laughs> it was yeah and then when diane's like so what's up and then he's like he's like yeah. oh my gosh so much stress and like all these yes. things like the bna i felt was very much a cover or like maybe not necessarily yeah. like fake but like maybe he was trying to, to to me it felt like he was trying to convince himself and not focusing yes. on all these other things and again yeah, he was like lying to himself yeah and again he was saying like this is his one last shot of happiness which is yeah i think isn't that what he said about the book as well that in the first season like that yes. was his shot of happiness so um yeah he always feels like he he needs to earn happiness mm-hmm. if you notice in his phrases he always says shot at happiness like he hasn't gotten there yet and he keeps pushing that bar away mm-hmm. which is sad because like he he feels like he can't be the person he wants to be and he also feels like he doesn't deserve it mm-hmm. and i think that's why he keeps saying he has to keep earning it and keep setting that bar to new levels every mm-hmm. time i mean i can see why he would think that if he if if i have a mom like bojack's mom <laughs> who's yeah. constantly like setting these unrealistic expectations or expectations that don't even have a goal to be like when you have a goal yes. of just like be the greatest actor ever or whatever it's like yes. then it's like well what's the greatest that's not there's not even quantifiable so yes. it's like you can never reach it yeah plus she undercuts all his successes i want to say there's one catch mm-hmm. i think there's 13 minutes and 36 seconds left um it is during the flashback where his mom comes to a taping of horsing around mm-hmm. and his mom says it wasn't ibsen as a way to undermine Bojack's success, right? Mm-hmm. So he has actually achieved success from a monetary perspective, from also like a fame perspective. He's able to have a career. He's technically an actor, mm-hmm. right? And he has a show and he brought his mom there mm-hmm. and she undercuts it by saying it isn't highbrow content. She doesn't consider it something. And that exact line, it isn't Ibsen, is what Bojack says in episode one of season one. Oh. When Charlie Rose is interviewing him in that show, and Charlie talks about the show and Bojack says, I know it wasn't Ibsen or anything, but a lot of people found connection with it. And he uses that because I think that's like an example of how his mother's critiques of his life mm-hmm. are sort of what he uses to critique his own life. Mm-hmm. Right. He just parroted his mom's own line, like word yeah. for word. Yeah. And 
his mom uses alcohol to cope when he's younger and you can see him doing that too like he sort of just copy pasta mm-hmm. or copy paste sorry mm-hmm. some of those habits she has and some of her her negativity and sort of her criticisms he's using her rubric yeah which is not unusual like yes generally kids learn from their parental figures whether yes. it's like great or not great like habits yes. and behaviors you learn them and mm-hmm. i think a big part of being an adult and the struggle is it becomes because you're so young when you do mm-hmm. it right and your exposure to it and the same way when when bojack was giving sarah lynn advice in that show we said it was bad because she's so young and impressionable you don't even notice when it suddenly becomes your rubric mm-hmm. right and your evaluation and so some part of that being an adult is understanding when it is your own or not your own mm-hmm. and choosing whether or not you want to keep that critique mm-hmm. and it can be hard because if you've kept it as your own rubric but you got it from your parents and you've had it for so long. Like Bojack is in his, what, 40s, 50s now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at least for, you know, 40 years, he's been keeping this evaluation of his life. And to be like, this isn't my own. Like, this is what my mom thinks about me. Mm-hmm. And understanding that he liked working on Horse and Around. He actually found it fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why he watches the show. I definitely think he he, he liked it. And at the the very end, like, when Bojack does get that call from his mom, and where she admits, like, yeah, you see me as a monster, you and then or monstrous or something, and like, I was shocked she read the book, Melina. I think that she still has some love to her child, or cares about her, okay. like what is going on with their lives, the, his life. Yes. So it's like I'm not too shocked he read it, as she read it. Yeah. And then she apologized. But then, and then she also says that, like, for her actions, she apologizes for her actions. Yes. And then she says that, oh, like you're, you're made, you're broken, and you're made of the broken parts of the both of us. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. That part, Melina. That was like breaking my heart. I was like, first of all, that wasn't a real apology. That was just. It's not my fault because, you know, you are just already flawed and broken, and you're trash. Like, basically, she was telling him he was trash. And not in a jesting way. Really. <laughs> not not in, like, the, I want you to work hard kind of thing. I guess inherently it got him to work hard, but she basically told him he is... It, and I think this parrots another concept Bojack does where he says he doesn't deserve happiness. Uh-huh. He feels like all the goodness inside him is leaking. Uh-huh. And then the messaging he gets, and I assume he's been getting his whole life, is you are broken by construction. You are imperfect by construction. Yeah. So you're not worthy of anything. Mm-hmm. And that just is like taking his foundations and he it, they were already crumbly and she just constantly is breaking at them. And, you know, I don't think he has time or has he ever built something that has a solid foundation? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That was that was really hard to hear. Yeah. I, and I don't know, like, because it already seems like when he was younger, like, he was, there was a flashback in the season one where, like, where he, it didn't seem like he yes. had friends. It seems he was pretty isolated. So there was yes. no sort of social support. And Until, like, it looks like Herb and, and Charlotte that we saw in the mm. pre-Horse and Around Bojack. Yeah, but even Herb, like, when, um... Of course, they had their big fight in season one, but in the season two flashback, like after Bojack's mom came and was like, uh, yes. like about your acting, was like, Neh. and then Bojack kind of asked yes. her, like, hey, how's my acting kind of thing? 
or can't approve. Yes. And Herb was kind of like... Especially because Herb's his friend. Yeah, he asked him friend. for his honest advice. Yeah, his best friend. Yeah, and Herb was kind of like, oh, like, you can worry about acting later on. Like, you don't need to be acting after to be in comedy. Yeah. That was, uh... I think there were a lot of other things that he could have said. Yeah, I think that Herb was his best friend, but at that point, they weren't really hanging out regularly. Remember, they'd been a rift. But I do think that that was a really cold thing to say to your friend. And I think it was just like, Herb was like, just do your job. Like, for your job, you don't really require all that highbrow stuff. And I don't know whether... You're right, that wasn't the, the best thing to say to someone, but it also wasn't... Like, I'm not, I'm trying to understand why Herb would try to say something like that. And I, and I, I don't know, but I definitely did not make Bojack's situation worse because he was trying to... I think that was his attempt at being like, I need a third party to verify what my mom is saying to me. And I think that it was smart that he reached Mm -hmm. out. Right. Because sometimes when we're not reaching out, we have no other voices. Mm -hmm. You're just, you're just going to hear exactly what they're saying and be like, that is truth. And Bojack was questioning it, which I'm really happy that he was questioning it at that time. It was unfortunate that the one person he asked didn't give him any other reassurance. Mm -hmm. And that sort of fueled his imposter syndrome with acting. And, it's fine if, you know, maybe it wasn't acting, but his mom's advice was not just about acting. It was also about him as a person. Like, she was just like, you know, you're not really... She was attacking him as an actor, mm-hmm. but she was also attacking him for not being good enough to even do anything. You know, even when she was saying, you know, it's not real theater and his hard work is also what she was undermining. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it is really interesting that Bojack... You mentioned that his brand new attitude was just a mask. And I think you're right about the fact that he was using that mask to sort of protect that barrier between his vulnerability side. Um, And I'm obviously not an actor, but I do think that to be an actor, you need to connect to your emotions. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I think the brand new attitude was maybe not a change, but I was shocked that it impacted his acting so much because, you know, I was like, you should still have those emotions. But I think all it was doing was preventing him from accessing his hurt. Mm -hmm. And that's not the same as really fixing your hurt. It's just... You can't just block off some sad emotions, which is what he did. Yeah, And it was kind of funny because if you notice, Melina, the whole episode when he's not acting, Mm -hmm. he says, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. In the best emotional way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was one of the reasons why I thought the BNA was fake. Because with the whole, like you were saying, like the inability to like happening emotions it's like because anyone yeah you it's like you can have a brand new attitude and also be yes you can be multi-dimensional <laughs> you can have yes. you can yeah. be very like try to be yes. strive to do your best and also have sad times like, yes exactly because you're human you're allowed to have the full range yeah. of like extremely happy to extremely sad and you can do the, everything in between you know and i think that we police our emotions a mm-hmm. lot and if he is being really happy, he's allowed to be really sad. Mm-hmm. And I think he's been really sad and he's been struggling and he's not even allowed himself to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been difficult for him to do as well. It's not something that is going to come to him. But yeah. we talked a lot about Bojack and his parental relationship. There's a lot of other characters. <laughs> but before we do, the last okay. thing I want to bring up is something that always bothers okay. me. So Melina, I subscribe sometimes to books about attitude changing and really being also mindfulness books. I read a lot of self-help books about this, Mm -hmm. but one thing that always bothers me is when in some of these books and these attitudes, they co-opt the word namaste (laughs) and they add it to the end. I knew you were going to say, I just want to PSA. I really hate when you do that. 
Namaste is not just like a little fun quirk that you can add to make it seem hippie. Namaste is literally what I say to greet people. It is also a religious greeting. Oh, it is to like to okay. me it's Mali. I'm just like I, I'm like mm, oh, it feels a bit like cultural appropriation. Um, because people are like, look at me. I am so like I've I've really connected. Namaste. Actually, they don't say it probably. They say namaste on top of that, which is fine if you can't pronounce words. I get it, but. That just adds another level of this grinds my gears a little bit, just a little bit. Like, I'm really glad you're finding yourself. I'm really glad you're doing this, but I don't feel like you really have the right to use this word right now. And the way you're using it is not in the right context. Mm. You're just using this and it's weird. Why are you co-opting my culture for virtue signaling? Like, because often people who say that word will then follow it up about how they're so great in helping the world. You know what uh. I I feel like all of this together. <laughs> is a weird package <laughs> and why you gotta also throw namaste in there too <laughs> anyways mm. that is my piece i'm sorry i just had to say that it just always works me i don't mean to say anything for anyone i'm really happy if you've discovered hinduism and you're converted and you greet people with namaste or you're in india and it's appropriate when you're greeting people there with namaste that makes sense there are situations that make sense you're going to hang out with a lot of people who are south asian uh, like maybe a wedding or some greeting or a temple these are situations in which is culturally appropriate they use it in yoga classes i'm on the fence that makes sense ish but it is a little weird when you uh co-opt it for your marketing or your i've changed my new life i'm now gonna say this that kind of feels like it's become marketed and, and sort of this like weird capitalism mm. <laughs> you're selling a brand or a product and i'm like what <laughs> Okay, I'm done. We should move on from Bojack. His brand new attitude, Princess Carolyn or Diane? Which do you want to do first? Let's go with Diane first. Okay. So Diane on set. What were your thoughts? I mean, it definitely was... Because I think in last season, Princess Carolyn was like, it's a cushy job. You don't have to do anything. And it's... Yes. It was just like that. She didn't have to do anything other than tell people not to trip on that cord, which is a... Yes. (laughs) Which is sad because technically I think on paper, the job of being a writer is like you're supposed to give some insights mm-hmm. and the director just didn't even give a shit. Yeah, the director, yeah, she, she, she yeah, she pretty much did not care about Diane at all. She loved yeah. Todd, though, being like, oh my gosh, you have a funny face, Todd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. Because his storyline, I'm not sure where we're going to go with it, but at least say, for example, with mm-hmm. Diane's, like, she's made this great accomplishment. Well, it seems like she was writing a book in the first season, and now yes. she wants to do bigger and better things. But now she's just yes. like not doing much on the set. She's yes. now even her married life with Mr. Peanut Butter. Well, we saw only a bit of it. Like, yeah, it kind of seems like she has to mother him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious that how is Mr. Peanut Butter an adult <laughs> and he gets stitches because. Uh, and he's wear cone because he can't be held responsible for not gnawing on his stitches. That is such a dog thing to do, but he is like an adult. And Princess Carolyn is also like an animal. She's a cat. She could have been a house pet, mm-hmm. but I feel like she would not need a cone. <laughs> yeah. No. And I'm like, what? But um, uh, Mr. Peanut Butter is definitely in need of, I think, more of a parent mm-hmm. sometimes. But we did see a little bit of his dark side this episode, speaking of range. Because him and Bojack with a brand new attitude mm. really clicked. That was so weird. Diane was <laughs> tripping out and I was too. I was like, wow. <laughs> uh, brand new attitude Bojack is just basically Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> yeah. 
it was so yeah i was also yeah. tripping out i was like he and then, and then at the end when he finally when bojack finally like was not his bna anymore he's like i'm yes. like okay this is a, your regular relationship with each other <laughs> i can't yeah, live it's normal this. again <laughs> but i felt bad because they showed a little bit the extra like a little bit more of mr peanut butter because he walks away and he's really sad and discouraged yeah well yeah and i was like bojack being mean to him like normally in all this previous episodes we've seen you don't really see mr peanut butter reacting to bojack being mean to him or shutting him down when he's excited and this time we get to see it like the camera keeps rolling on mr peanut butter and you see mr peanut butter being upset and he's kind of like no and trying to give himself a pep talk being like no it's okay mm-hmm. and and it, I think this is an insight, Melina, you're saying into Mr. Peanut Butter's darkness and his multidimensionalness. <laughs> I think maybe we'll get to see that this season. Oh, Who knows? That'd be very interesting. Yes. Yeah, because before, like, whenever he did, did talk with Bojack, there's a lot of times, other than Bojack being grumpy at him, like, there's a lot of times he just kind of, like, would, would just be distracted by something else. Like, he'd be yes. in the middle of talking to Bojack. He'd be distracted. And then he goes off to his other thing. But yeah. now, now, like, it, at the time, it, it didn't seem like he really cared about Bojack's... Like, whenever he interacted with Bojack, it didn't really seem like he cared yes. too much about Bojack in general. Yes, he wasn't completely invested in, in that conversation. Mm-hmm. But this time, as they were hitting it off, like, he was... At least for Mr. Pennybutter, it seemed like their relationship was now more than one-sided. It was now being reciprocated. Yes. And then having that turn, like, suddenly, like, just thrown away. I think that might that yes. might have contributed to his not happiness maybe uh but we were talking about diane we got off topic started talking about mr pb Mm -hmm. and diane seems like she's still in touch with sebastian Mm -hmm. st Clair, and she says after the movie only three months so i don't i don't know how long it takes to record a movie three months surprised me but diane seems like in three months she's gonna go see sebastian st Clair. Mm -hmm. but she mentions to him that she just got married yeah it's it's gonna be hard, well, to go over, especially like Mr. Peanut Butter was very against her going. Yes. And Bojack too, on the sounds of it. Yes. And Princess Caravan, although she just. And I think that she does not feel happy in this role. Oh yeah, no, she. And I can see like why, like like Diane likes to do things. Like she gets like to get involved. She doesn't like to just stand around and be cushy and. Yes. I feel like if she were had a job where she got a really high salary but didn't have to do anything except sit there, she would not take it, I feel. I think most people actually wouldn't take it. Would they? Like, I think that there is this idea that, oh, if you get paid to do nothing, it's great. But I think that feeling connected with your job is important for everybody. So even if you feel like you're just getting paid to do nothing, I think you'll still feel that sort of dissatisfied and lack of purpose. And I think you're right. Diane is the type of person who likes to do things. And just telling people, watch for the cable <laughs> is not going to be enough. <laughs> That whole watch for the cable roll, I'm just like, really? You need a person to do that? Really? Yeah. And I think Lenny Turtletop is great. That is a job that can be replaced by a sign. It's like mm-hmm. anytime there's a meeting and you're like, that could have been an email. <laughs> that could have been a sign. If that could have been a sign, someone doesn't need to do that. <laughs> the last person we really want to talk about is Princess Carolyn. Princess Carolyn. It feels like there was like a very fun rivalry. Like a work yes. rivalry between her and the rabbit yes rutabaga rabidowitz so i think rutabaga's dynamic is a little bit fun i do feel like he is taking a bit advantage of her like he compliments her a lot every call <laughs> melina did you notice that i thought that was just his personality 
it could just be his personality. He feels very flirtatious. And then he's clearly also married. Yeah. I thought that he was just a, that's just how he talks. <laughs> that's how agents talk. I guess so. Because agents are very much like, I want your client, this client. Like, though they're all friendly, yeah. they're all trying to, like, they're selfishly out for themselves, right? Yeah. I, I That, that so, happened in the end, right? I, I wasn't quite sure if that yes. happened. Like, he ended up stealing her client or something like that? I don't think it was a client stealing as much as there's a role up for grabs. Uh-huh. So Charlie, who was her assistant, what did he think oh, about that? How how did he become an agent? Oh my nepotism. god, that was nepotism, Melina. He is the son of the owner of the agency. I feel like if I yeah. I personally would be embarrassed if I had like some if I had recommended someone for position and they were like garbage. But it's not recommending. You literally just work for your dad. I know, but still, I feel like that would be doubly embarrassing. Like, I think Charlie isn't super proud of it, which is why you know Princess Carolyn's able to walk all over him, be like, "Charlie, you better do." <laughs> and he's like, "Okay." Um, I loved the funny dynamic about the fact that they're all on floors. Like the floors represent their status in the company. Oh yes. And the sort of stepping on the floors to be like, "Oh, I'm trying to listen. Are you okay? Are you happy? Are you not?" <laughs> Uh, and I love how the way they treat each other on the floors is very different. Like Rudabake is very sweet to Princess Carolyn. Princess Carolyn is not sweet to Charlie. <laughs> I don't blame her. Oh, I loved it. And what did you think about Stuart? Stuart's a new assistant. Oh yes. yeah, he's also incompetent. Why does she always get the incompetent ones? She says a line that I think I love, and she's like, you know the industry, the good ones leave too early, and the bad ones stay too long. <laughs> Uh, I think Charlie left too early, but I wouldn't call him good. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, I do find Princess Carolyn's work situation always super interesting and fun. And I really like, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air from the sort of intense part of Bojack's and mom's, yes. Bojack and his mom's relationship. Yes. And then she was also still talking with um, Vincent. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Vincent. I thought it was it was kind of ironic and hilarious that she's like, I can't believe she didn't notice this about her partner. That's what Prince Carolyn was saying that to Vincent. And Vincent here, who's three little boys in a trench, mm-hmm. with a broom as an arm. Okay. Yeah, but I want more for my PC. I like her. Yeah, when she was actually, like, her relationship, her work relationship yeah. with um, the rabbit, which I will... Yes. one day be able to say his name rutabaga rutabaga <laughs> yeah like you got it <laughs> um it seemed very fun like before i found out that yes. he was married i was like damn you like- were you were shipping them <laughs> i knew it melina i was shipping them too <laughs> because they yeah. were like on an equal level it seemed like yeah. i think there's something about seeing two people who are on an equal level come together and have really great banter that's very satisfying mm-hmm. and I think that when I saw that too, I was like, why is she with, why is she still with three kids in a trench coat? <laughs> what are your takeaways from this episode? There are so many. Um, if you're going to be a parent, or I guess in general, like even to other people, don't treat them like shit. Don't talk. Don't tell them they're trash. Yeah. That will make them feel bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other thing is pause and reflect to see if your evaluating your life with your own rules or someone else's in this case bojack was using his mom's and it can help you choose whether or not you want to hold on to that Mm -hmm. and i think one indicator that can help you 
um, figure out whether or not it's your own or someone else's is like, yes. is this like a, a should? Like the thing that your, um, the, your belief, like, is it like you should be X, Y, or Z? And if so, yes. where did this belief come from? Yes. And they can help you find out where that's coming from. Yeah, that's a really good point. So those are our takeaways. Melina, mm-hmm. we have to ask for the first time in season two, is Bojack good? In in this episode, he was very new. There was nothing that swayed my mind about his being neutral. <laughs> yeah, I don't think actually Bojack was, he definitely wasn't bad. Um, I think that you're right where good is like an arbitrary line. I would say he was, he wasn't, he didn't hurt anyone. I don't think he was a bad person this episode. I would say he was kind of good. And I think he doesn't give himself credit sometimes. I didn't see him him do much in this episode. So I I mean, it's like he didn't save dying children. He's not good, but he didn't kill anyone. He's not bad. He's neutral. He's a person. And maybe you're right. Maybe we're putting too much emphasis on good and bad. I think we are. And I think that's also Bojack's problem. And actually, uh, even people, like in general, like a lot of people, well, not a lot, but I do know of people who are like, who put a really big emphasis on like, oh my gosh, I need to be good, blah, blah. It's like, you don't need to be anything like, you don't be a shithead but you yeah. don't have to go around trying to i don't know save all the dying children as an example yeah. <laughs> it would be nice but i think when you put that pressure on yourself mm-hmm. it becomes a little unrealistic and you're setting yourself up for for failure mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't mean you shouldn't like if you really want to help the world and do big change like i'm very happy and we will support you but i think that every person who feels like unless i'm doing that i'm not enough mm-hmm. can be very difficult for you to live your day-to-day life yeah and i think it's especially important now because i feel that right now with social media and everything like we always yes. hear about these people who are like doing startups to change to like help these people around the world or yes. like they're they're getting like million dollars from x y or z and like yes. doing different charities and like yes blah, blah, blah. and it's like you don't have to be that level to be worthy exactly that is so true no truer words have been said but it's definitely hard to like well it's easy it's easy to like say rationally but to actually believe it is definitely will be difficult it's always it's that transition between like knowing this and then actually it, feeling it and and getting to that pace that's a growth mm-hmm. that's a journey and that's a process so mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes for bojack in season two melina won't we and diane and princess carolyn and pretty much all the characters yeah, and Mr. Peanut Butter and, and Todd. Butter, yes. And we got to keep going. The cast list keeps getting, keeps getting larger and larger, so we'll find out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. Bye. Follow us on our socials. We're Yakin' About Bojack on Instagram and Yakin' About Pod on Reddit. You can listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Yakin' About Bojack is produced, recorded, and edited by Melina and Aditi. Music is by Podcast Co.'s royalty-free album, Keep Calm and Podcast, the song One Fine Day. All thoughts on this podcast are personal opinions. If you or someone you know is experiencing issues with addiction, substance abuse, or any of the topics mentioned in this episode, please know there is hope and seek professional help.